Is Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott having his best training camp to date? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown NFL. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not a lot. You know, things are on the change, getting ready for the season. The Cowboys are back in Frisco and and, and having to open their practices there. Uh, Dallas is practically underwater. I, I'm Thoughts are out for everybody that's dealing with that, unfortunately. Uh, but there's lots of change in the air. And as we're getting prepped for, you know, uh, the home stretch at this point, we're, we're going to start having closed practices soon. Uh, it's going to be that calm before the storm before we know it and, and here in a few weeks. Yeah. So the Dallas Cowboys held a practice on Wednesday night, or excuse me, Tuesday night. Uh, the first one's back in Dallas. But a couple of big takeaways, including Dak Prescott having a really, really strong camp. Yeah, I mean, I think you know this was maybe his best practice, or at least one of his best practices uh, of of the training camp so far. And I, you know, it kind of brought up the thought in my mind about is this the best training camp that Dak Prescott has had? I'm, I have been fortunate enough to witness all the training camps he's had so far, sh- short of the COVID one, obviously, where they restricted access. Um, and you know, this is a guy that we have to remember when he came in, you know. Not when he came, well, he, when he came into the league and when he first got it started, his first few seasons was not a good practice player. You no. know, like struggled in practice. You know, and was we often would talk about how he was more of a gamer. A lot of the time, it was because he was trying things in practice and you know just kind of taking more risks than he normally would. Uh, but I, I, I mean, I think that this is something that's worth pointing out that the most important player on your team. Uh, is having the best training camp of his career. I think that that's noteworthy. And I it, I think it's been something that we've kind of, uh, uh, you know, slid past a little bit because we worried about the wide receiver core. Uh, you know, it's it seems kind of uh, second nature to talk about other things because Dak is some, something that we are, uh, we feel confident about. Um, but I think it's worth noting that a guy who, uh, like I said, has not always had a reputation for uh, being absolutely crisp in practices, has been a lot more crisp, especially these last two seasons, but I would say especially this offseason. So I think that's noteworthy, and I think it's a it's a good sign for what the Cowboys have going forward. And remember where we were at at this time last year with Dak Prescott yeah. laying in, like we weren't completely sure if he was going to play in week one, right? He had the shoulder thing going on. You're still worried about the ankle. like. For Dak to come out and have these type of practices where he's playing really well, it it's one of the reasons you can get behind the Cowboys actually being better this year, despite the talent level maybe not being quite as good. Oh yeah, I mean, look, I think having healthy Dak is is more impactful than whatever losses that you have talent wise on the offense. I mean, I think that is a, a major bonus. And and you said it like 
Dak had a good camp last last season, uh, but obviously it was marred by the idea that he was coming off of the ankle recovery. He was really pushing himself hard, so much so that the shoulder situation became a thing. So uh, that has not been the problem. We have basically – I mean, think about how luxurious it is, especially compared to last year, that we have basically not had to talk about Dak Prescott this training camp. Uh, you know, and, and they haven't even pointed out like, oh, he had a really bad day today. I think he had like one practice where, uh, he, you know, I think he would definitely would prefer to have some of those passes back. But I think for the vast majority of these practices, he's been great. He's been fitting balls into tight windows. He's been attacking the ball mm-hmm. down the field as the as training camp went on. Um, I, I think he's had a really good camp. And I think it's something that we kind of just let slide past us because it's easy to like talk about all the other ancillary items, but Dak Prescott having a best, his best training camp uh, of his career, I think is noteworthy, especially when considering how it projects forward to the season. And one of the reasons why he had such a strong practice on Tuesday was because CD lamb returned uh, after his foot. I don't want to say injury. Cut? What do you want to call it? Uh, yeah. Cut. cut his foot, I guess. Cut his foot. Um, yeah. CD was back. Uh, we can talk about that, but the more important thing is Jalen Tolbert, who uh, I'm just going to let you have the floor here because you've been noticing something with Jalen Tolbert. So go ahead. Well, this was something that I pointed out, you know, like, it, it, you know, and, and it's hard. Again, some of these things are hard to parse, right? Like that Tolbert having really, really strong training camp practices, you know, this whole time, really, really looking good. Uh, and then where you've noticed some of the warts is when we got into the games and you just, and you, you've seen, you know, especially that early that Denver game, they 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 forced a lot of targets his way, um, and not that they shouldn't, but 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 I mean, just pointing that out, and and he didn't convert a ton of them, and I you know I I kind of had mentioned it then that you know I wonder how many reps in practice Jalen Tolbert got with Cooper Rush all throughout these practices, and and that goes doubly so for someone like Will Greer, how many snaps, how many routes has Jalen Tolbert run? with Will Greer as the quarterback, I would argue not that many because he's been basically operating with the ones since the spring. Uh, and then g- going into the practice yesterday and watching him and, and watching him catching passes from Cooper and, and Greer versus what he was able to do versus Prescott. And it's like night and day when press, when he's out there with Prescott, he's, he's catching everything. He's making contested catches. He's running routes. Well, I think he's always running routes. Well, I don't know that that's, you know, that's obviously not affected by the quarterback, but, I just think he has a chemistry with Dak that he doesn't have with those other quarterbacks. Uh, and and kind of yesterday's practice sort of proved that now. Obviously, the other aspect of that could be is he does he have a problem stepping it up to the game? We're not we're not gonna discover that until week one versus Tampa because he's not gonna play with with uh Dak versus Seattle, obviously on Friday. But I, I think that to me it seems more likely that he just has a he has developed all and he spent all this time developing a chemistry with Dak Prescott when they switched it over to Cooper Rush and and and, and Will Greer who uh, throw very especially Cooper Rush throw very different footballs than Dak Prescott mm-hmm. um you know that could have been contributing to part of the issues he had with kind of timing his jumps to the point of attack you know having to wait on the ball to get to him a little bit more than he's used to um but he uh, he put on a show yesterday and looked really good in practice Cowboys are going to need him. He's going to have to yeah. have a big role in week one, right? They have really no other options. So I uh, just hope he gets up to speed as quick as possible. So, uh, all right, we've got more players that we need to talk about from the Cowboys practice on Tuesday. But before we do that, I want to tell you about LinkedIn. 
As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so networks can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's talk about uh, a couple offensive linemen in this practice. Uh, Matt, well, let's go return. We talked about yeah. him yesterday. Uh, Tyler Smith did not. So just any general thoughts on the Cowboys offensive line? Oh, it was good to see Well, let's go out there. I think they're pushing the pushing the issue here, right? They need to figure out what they want to do with his with him, right? Like whether it's a matter of seeing if he has any possibility to play through this. Do they IR him before the season? Go ahead and, you know, call it a red shirt. Do they carry him through the final cuts and then IR him so that there's a chance that he could return to come back a couple weeks? Um, you know, I think these are all things that they need to figure out now. And that's why they're trying. That's why they've put, well, let's go out there now is, you know, I think the general thought process, according to the reports, is that he is going to try to push through without surgery. He, he will have to have surgery at some point, but he's going to try to push to the offseason. I think for the Cowboys, they're forcing the issue because what they don't really want is to like just carry a guy on this uh, on this 53 man roster that they just you know don't really have any kind of timeline or status for they just the, the cut down to 53 is going to be difficult as it is so they kind of need to figure out how they're going to protect well let's go for the long term uh, and how long term it is right like i think right now it's it's a decision between yep. is it worth the trouble of trying to figure out a, a roster mechanism to so that he can make it through the initial cuts and then you bring back some vested vet and then then put him on IR uh, in order to protect him or do you just save yourself the hassle and then IR him up front thereby ending his season uh, I, I think it's kind of I mean honestly like I think they're doing what they can but I don't know how you're going to be able to, to determine how well he's going to be able to come back down the road based on a couple of padded practices, you know, midway through his recovery. It, it didn't even sound like he was doing much yesterday's practice. Like he was just kind of there padded. He up. was in team. I, I saw him take reps with team, but I mean, I didn't notice anything. Like he was doing it with like the, the second or third team group. So, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll look at the tape of, of him, you know, in, in team and on some of the reps that he took, see if they noticed, uh, you know, a, noticeable weakness in that shoulder or a, a, a you know give like a give to that side or or, or you sure. know if him favoring that side i guess uh and then just kind of you know discuss with Britt brown like hey is this even worth the time or should we be looking at other options 
it was interesting. I mean, it's not unexpected, but Josh Ball, as soon as Matt Valesco went back to practice, Josh Ball slid right back over to right tackle. It's pretty clear that they want Ball to be the backup right tackle, and they're still looking for a backup left tackle option. Yeah, and I think that that to me, again, reads like what we had initially talked about, right? That they would prefer to have a backup at each tackle as opposed to a swing tackle. That's why this whole conversation about, I understand it because they did try ball at left tackle and all that. And maybe that was something they were at least looking at, but this whole idea of, of them having a backup swing tackle, I don't think that that's what their number one option was. I, I think that, you know, if that's, if they find a solution there, then that's what they'll go with. But I think that they would prefer, or at least they think with the personnel that they have, they would prefer to have a left side and a right side option uh, as backup. And, and I think that kind of plays into the idea that Tyler Smith could potentially be your backup uh, left tackle too. I mean, I think that's the thing that people forget about guard versus tackle is that if, if you're playing on the same side of the offensive line, if you're playing left guard, kicking out the left tackle is a whole lot easier than the right tackle sw- swinging over to the left tackle because – all the run game footwork is the same, especially if you're talking about a zone blocking scheme. All the run footwork is exactly the same from guard to tackle. The, the difference obviously being that dealing with pass rushers in space, which, you know, after playing inside a guard and seeing all the quick, how quickly things go inside there, maybe it's not as difficult to kind of kick back outside and play tackle a little bit uh, after having played guard. Obviously, there's an injury risk. You saw that with Zach Martin, but mm-hmm. I, I do think that this is a guy that played tackle recently, as in last season, being Tyler Smith. So, if worse comes to worse, it wouldn't be detrimental to him necessarily to kick out to left tackle, a position that he played a lot of in college. We should also mention that Tyler Smith did not practice on Tuesday. Yeah. Mike McCarthy called it an ankle injury. Uh, they're not concerned. Um, I talked to somebody who said it was more of like a GPS tracking thing. Yeah, I was going to say. Which we've seen them do with CeeDee Lamb, right? Where, hey, you played a lot of snaps, especially Tyler Smith, who's played both preseason games, a lot of snaps. Think about that, right? He's played both preseason games, and he was working in for the vast majority of the you know, uh, joint practice work with the first team. So he's gotten a double dose that almost no one else on this team has gotten at this point. Yeah, I was trying to find quickly his, his total snaps in the preseason, but I mean, it, it, it's a lot. It doesn't matter how many. It, it's it, it's a lot of snaps that he's played on top of all the preseason stuff. Here you go. I, I got it right I, here. I was 66 say, snaps. 66 snaps. Total. I was going to say, is I know that he had at least 30 in this last game. So 66 total in those two games yes. so far. Yes. That's a lot of snaps for a rookie. Uh, and then again, on top of that, right before each one of those games, taking a heavy majority, I think they were doing like, if I remember like 50 plus snaps in, in each one of those practices, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that's yeah. like almost like him playing kind of the equivalent of like four games in like, you know, or like six games in like, you know, two weeks or something like that. I mean, just as far as like intense intensity of snaps, this isn't a situation where this guy isn't getting enough snaps and like, we should be concerned about this rookie who we're trying to develop. The dude has gotten a ton of snaps. So I, I think that it's, it's, it's good that they're keeping track of that. It's good that they're not, it's very modern thinking, right? Like to, mm-hmm. to be checking the GPS, not be, uh, not, not let the fact that he's a rookie, like uh, think that you, you don't have to give him rest or that yes. you don't have to give him yes. an opportunity to, to, to take a break. You need to protect his body as well. So I, I, I like that they did this and that they're, you know, not trying to tough guy their way through this for this poor rookie. 
Do you know who leads the Cowboys in preseason snaps right now? Ooh, let me guess. Is it Connor McGovern? Uh, it's it's not. It's a defensive back. You're gonna be shocked at this number, by the way. Deron Bland? No, no, no. Israel Makamu at 127 Whoa. snaps. Through two Whoa! Seasons. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I guess that makes sense, right? Because, I mean, like, you know, they, they only have a certain amount of uh, safeties. They probably want to just give him a ton, a, a ton of uh, snaps there. So, And they're working guys like Ball more, too, and linebacker as well. So, geez. Bell I mean, is the next they, most on defense. Uh, Bell has 89 snaps on defense alone in preseason. It's a lot. Wow. It's a yeah, lot. That, that is a lot. Uh, one more note on the offense before we move on. Cavante Turpin. Uh, we talked yeah. about him earlier this week as a returner. I think he's going to have a role in offense. Now, how much of a role? We'll see. But we did see him playing with the first team a little bit. He had a nice reception. Actually, two nice receptions two. in team yeah. drills. Yeah. I, I Look, I mean, if they're going to keep him on the team, they're going to find a role for him as, you know, as a space player, as a – uh, gadget guy they're they're gonna have a role for him and they, you know that kind of quickness and speed is is unique and and this i think you know a large portion of what this offense is going to be about is g- getting the ball in the hands of their playmakers and, and and trying to get yak and i think this is obviously a guy who can do that at the very least you know he can be someone who can uh maybe threaten down the field a little bit help stretch the field I, you know he's not like a big down the field jump ball guy but if you're just simply trying to stretch out an offense vertically or horizontally, I think Turpin is going to be a useful yep. player. We've seen the Cowboys use this type of player on offense before, whether yep. it was, I mean, you go back to like 2012, Dwayne Harris, right? You go back to 2013, 14, Lucky Whitehead. Yep. Uh, even Tavon Austin had a nice role. The Cowboys used him a little bit more as a receiver down the field. Remember, yes, week two caught a long pass against the Giants. They know how to use this player, right? And Dak has used players like this before. The, the role is not going to be massive, but enough to keep defenses honest, give them a touch here or there. I expect him to play at least some on offense against Tampa Bay in week one. And remember, this is an offense that doesn't want to be static, right? They're not going to run 89% of their of their uh, snaps out of 11 personnel. They're going to – well, I mean, you know, they may run a large percentage out of 11 personnel, but th- that's not always going to look It's not going to be 90% like the, the Rams do, right? Yeah, and, and, even, and even then they will, they'll rotate in personnel as needed or as desired depending on the play right? too. So, yep. yeah, it'll all look different. Turpin will just be one of these guys that kind of gets – you know, that'll have, I'm sure, a package of plays designed for him. He'll get rotated into certain stuff. You know, I think anytime you run a jet sweep or even a fake jet sweep, having Turpin on the field as that guy has value. Uh, so I think they're definitely going to find a way for him to do. He's made the team. So now, the, now the, the question is, what more can you do? We know that you're kicking and returning punts. That's great. What else can you do for us on offense? Because I think that his skill set obviously uh, could definitely be very useful. Yeah, I, again, not going to be a huge role. Like we saw Tavon yeah. Austin in 2019. 19 touches on offense. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Turpin's right around there. Somewhere yep. between 18 and 25 touches just to take some of the burden off Ezekiel Elliott or CD Lamb, right? Just to find ways to get him involved. And if and if he's good, then I'm sure that role will increase. Yes. But yeah, I don't think the idea is that he's going to come in and, and have equal number of touches as any of the offensive players that nope. we previously have discussed. Nope. 
Uh, all right, let's uh, take one more quick break to tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's run through a couple other players uh, from practice that had notable days. <laughs> Micah Parsons, I guess, was okay this practice. I mean, it just keeps – I mean, it's not okay because he keeps ruining practice with his incredible pass rushes. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he was – it was shaking Dak's hand a lot in the backfield from what I saw. Um, yep. And it's not surprising, just kind of continuing that level of dominance. Uh, Deron Bland uh, worked again in the slot uh, with the, for the Cowboys here with the first team. Anthony Brown on the outside, Trevon Diggs. We should also mention Diggs had a, an amazing practice yesterday. He was phenomenal. But seems like right now, if Jordan Lewis isn't ready for week one, Deron Bland's going to play a lot. It sure seems that way. I think that Lewis will be ready for week one. And just based on what it sounds like, he, he gave a little bit of an update and he's running on cords. So he should hopefully be back by week one. Um, but yeah, I do think that it does seem like from what we've seen so far, they are continuing to use Bland in the slot and keeping Brown on the outside. I wonder if if that doesn't change eventually. We'll see. Yep. Um, but we should, I think, we should also know, mention Anthony Brown, who I mean, yeah. once again had a really big day, had an interception in the end zone. Uh, he just by far having the best camp of his life. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really, really, I mean, it's, it's surprising because I, I think I saw somebody on Twitter, like talk about how good Anthony Brown is and just the amount of pushback by folks in, in Cowboys nation that still does, that don't respect like how good Anthony Brown has played these last yep. two years. And it's not a fluke, man. I mean, it's clearly like he has been doing this for two plus seasons straight. So uh, yeah, I think it's, it's clear that he has uh, elevated his game and plateaued at a very high level, uh, which is extremely exciting for Cowboys. I mean, that, that, that have that kind of yep. security as a second cornerback. Uh, and then, you know, just gives you the opportunity for guys like Kelvin Joseph, who had a, had a great practice yesterday, had an interception. Uh, so maybe he's starting to get things on, on track a little bit. Deshaun Wright's been very much up and down, but they really believe in him to have the luxury uh, and then obviously Bland, what Bland's done, which has been yep. great. Uh, but to have the luxury of someone like Anthony Brown to be an incredibly solid corner. And then obviously Jordan Lewis as well to provide the cover for those other two guys, uh, other three guys really, to develop. Uh, that's that's a luxury that yep. most NFL teams just don't have. Uh, last thing before we head out. So the Cowboys have another padded practice. I believe it's padded practice tonight um, in, in Dallas. And then Friday is their game. Mike McCarthy announced that none of the starters are going to play. Uh, they're going to try to get a lot of work done with the ones. Does that concern you at all that none of the Cowboys' ones on offense or defense have played at all in the preseason? No, not really. I mean, I think because I tend to agree with this philosophy that they're doing. To me, the most important thing is uh, – and, and honestly, this, this is a good philosophy for two reasons. One – the most important thing with, with training camp has always been get your starters through this healthy. 
you know. And so far, this has been that's wood. So far, this has been us that has been very successful in in this process, you know. Um, the, the the idea of having a controlled environment where you can kind of play out scenarios uh, in a little bit more uh, contr controlled situation. I think it helps with the injuries. I think it also helps with situational football. And then the added bonus part is that you get to concentrate solely on the young guys with these preseason practices. I mean, preseason games, uh, because that and that really gives not only your your young guys an opportunity to develop. So the guys that you know that are going to be playing, right? The Tyler Smiths, the Sam Williams, the the Turpins, uh, well, the Turpins, the Tolberts, the you know those guys all get their chance. Bland, you know, these guys mm -hmm. all get chances to get a lot of snaps before the season starts to kind of help develop them, get them up to the speed. The vets don't need that. I mean, I you know Zeke, Zeke Elliott hasn't needed a preseason carry for five years. Dak Prescott, clearly, if he didn't need one last year, and he goes out and throws for what four hundred yards week one against Tampa Bay, exactly. I really don't feel like he needs it this year, right? So I think that that you know I understand the idea of maybe knocking off some rust or whatever, but it, it that that element of it, you know. I just talked about all the other benefits, but the, the rust element to me, that kind of plays into the idea that September football is still preseason football. You know, like the first few games of the regular season, they will be knocking off rust, even if they did play in that third preseason game. So I think that this is the best way to do it simply because it protects your starters. It gets your younger guys, even not even, not even the guys that you necessarily are relying on, but, but those guys too, Lots of opportunities, lots of opportunities, lots of snaps to develop. And then you, you go into the season with a healthy team. If you got to knock off the rust, I mean, that's part of the early part of the season. But I, I don't think it's had as much of a negative effect as everyone's yeah. concerned about. I mean, I firmly believe you cannot win the Super Bowl in the preseason, right? Like, who cares how good you look? But you can lose it. Like, I, I'm convinced yeah. the, the Ravens season last year was just doomed from the start when they lost – J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Marcus Peters all in the first preseason game. Like, those are three big injuries that were just needless and senseless, right? Like, kind of got their season off on the wrong foot. And for what? Like, to extend your winning streak in the preseason? Like, what good does that do? That Baltimore has one of some of the best philosophies, you know, a free front office philosophies in football. They have an incredible organization that has passed on lots of good traditions, lots of good techniques. Ozzie Newsom, you know, created an incredible organization and has passed it on to Eric DeCosta, and, and, and they've got a lot of things going for them. I can't understand the preseason I stuff, get it. though. Like, I, like, I, I understand like, they have, like, what, 16 or – was it now 20 plus? 20, 23 straight preseason yeah, wins. Yeah, 20 preseason game wins. And, and, and this is not just a, a fluke thing. Like, they talk about how they want to win in the preseason games because it creates a winning culture. I just think Who it's, cares, it's, man. Yeah, it's just it's such a huge risk, you know. And 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 for games that aren't that don't matter, look, half the teams in the preseason aren't necessarily even trying to win the game. Like, well, as I said, it, like, do you realize on Saturday? Do you know how much we're going to be talking or not talking about the Cowboys preseason, what the record was, and who played? We're not going to care because all that's going to matter is Week One and who's who's going to be ready to go and stuff. I just want I want my stars healthy for when the games actually mean something. Well, yeah, and, and again, like who cares if you're winning a game if the other team isn't trying? Like if the other team is trying to protect themselves and just like get through this, 
like are you really like claiming any real victory or, or proving any real winning habits by beating a team that's winning is like you know number three or four on the list of priorities for getting and, through the preseason game? And, like, and let's just be clear the practices and especially the joint practices teams can just get so much more done because you can jam-pack the situations in that you want to work on, right? You can work on specific things against live action and against different opponents. That's better than playing sometimes on crappy field conditions against teams you don't know and, you know, having to just play a regular game and all these special team snaps. Like, you can just get more out of those joint practices. That's why I'm all in favor of the Cowboys doing as many of those as possible. They split the fields up. They split the, the offensive defensive up, and then they just go, 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 yes. go for an hour and a half. They get as many snaps as they can. They do situational stuff. They sub guys in. They don't have to worry about doing all the pregame rituals. They don't have to worry about guys dealing with travel and not performing well because of travel. It's just a much better environment for getting evaluation yes. done on, on, on the people that you need to evaluate. And then again, you want to test these pre- these younger kids to see if they're viable NFL players. I know that uh, uh, Terrence Steele can can get on a plane and fly to another city and then stay in a hotel and get up the next morning and play a football game. I know that you know these guys, these veterans can do this. What I now I'm seeing is you get a true look at how do these rookies, how do these young players react to. Uh, uh, you know, going and being the the the, the focus of this game, going and, and dealing with all the pregame yes. stuff. You, you don't have to get any of the veteran players involved. We know they can do that stuff. So I don't, it's just I don't a, need it's a better see, evaluation for these. I guys. don't need to see Malik Hooker play thirty snaps in the preseason. I do want to see Israel Mukamu, a six round pick, play hundred snaps. Like that's the benefit of preseason. These really down the roster guys getting a lot of snaps to to show what they can potentially do. That's the benefit of preseason for me, not risking one of my top 35 guys on my roster. Absolutely agree. So, uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen today. It's also Fantasy Draft Week here on the Locked On Podcast Network, so make sure you go check out the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast for your second listen or Locked On Dynasty Football. That's a, that's a good fantasy show good as well. Yeah, check out Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On Dynasty Football. You can follow the Locked On Cowboys podcast wherever you get podcasts. Check us out over on YouTube as well. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we'll see you next time.